On this episode of Uncooked Conversations, we're going to be talking about our own experiences with getting out of the box and facing our fears and insecurities. We hope you enjoy. Hi, I'm Paul. And I'm Allie. And this is Uncooked Uncooked Conversations. Conversations. Where we talk about life, family, business, and everything in between. Thank you everyone for joining us today on Uncooked Conversations. We're so glad that you're here and listening and still with us. Um, We're going to get to our conversation for today shortly, but first I wanted to celebrate something awesome about our podcast. What do you want to celebrate? (laughs) So did you know that today is the first day that we are recording the podcast since launching the podcast? Oh, really? Yeah. So our last episode went up, but we had already recorded that before we had launched. Oh, okay. And so today is the first day that we're recording after having launched it. What an auspicious day. (laughs) But like what's so interesting about it is kind of like, I think like the emotions that are coming up for me now that I, we've actually like released this into the wild and started hearing people's feedback and seeing the numbers of like the downloads and everything. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is, this is real now. This is not just like a fun thing, like in my head and it's still fun, but like, I definitely feel more nerves today. Yeah. This isn't like the two people that we're used to talking to. This is like lots of people are listening. I know. And that's something I want to celebrate. Yeah. It's awesome. So when I look today, we are at 191 downloads. Wow. In just over two weeks. That's pretty awesome. Like I seriously thought we would get maybe 100 in a month. (laughs) To put that in perspective. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm tearing up over here. My podcast, uh, Dust World, which I've been working on, God, for so long. Uh, we have just gotten to like f- almost 550. 550 yeah. downloads? Listens, yeah. In what span of time? Uh, a long time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really jumped like the last probably two months mm-hmm. has been like a dramatic increase. Yeah. But- like getting to that has been a long time. Yeah. I think the first one was June of last year. Mm, so I see. But if you want to listen to a post-apocalyptic sci-fi Western, <laughs> go check it out. It's called Dust World RPG. There you go. There you go. Short little ad. Well, I did want to say um, a huge thank you to everybody who has listened to this podcast so far. How huge? Like huge. Like Donald Trump, you, it's going to oh, be huge. We don't even have to go there right now. <laughs> I just, yeah. So we wanted to say such a huge thank you to everybody who has listened to this podcast and who has been sticking with us through the podcast. Um, our response has really been so much more amazing than I thought it was going to be, um, not just in terms of the number of downloads that we've gotten, but also in terms of like your actual feedback, like those of you messaging us or talking to us in person or leaving a review. We actually got such an awesome review. So that reminds me, leave us a review if you're liking what you hear, because that just does wonders for getting podcasts out there. And for our hearts. And for our hearts, it makes us feel like it's worth it. So if nothing else, leave us a review so we feel like it's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> a few of you were asking about follow-up materials and we start, decided to start a Patreon. So we have a couple different uh, tiers. One is a conversation supporter. One is a conversation implementer. And on the Patreon, you'll be able to get 
all these sort of support materials that Allie makes, which are going to be on point. And the website for that is? Patreon.com slash Uncooked Conversations. And you can find that linked below. This could be your ad. This episode is sponsored by Boxes. Boxes. You can put things in them. You can take things out of them. You can even close them. Boxes. Well, onto our topic for today. Well, go ahead and introduce it. You're the one who really... Yeah, so we're just going to be talking about getting out of the box. And yeah, so in particular, what I'm talking about is facing your fears or insecurities, you know, which might stand between you and creating that book or writing that poem or playing that song or learning Mm -hmm. guitar or talking to that girl or pretty much everything in life, you Mm -hmm. know, between you and the thing that you want is insecurity Mm -hmm. and fear. Mm -hmm. What that means to me is it's kind of like stepping through anxieties and um, insecurities that hold you back from doing something. So in particular, like, you know, even starting a podcast, like this is a way of getting out of the box of like, uh, we're putting ourselves out there, mm-hmm. especially like, you know, we're being pretty raw. So it's like, <laughs> we're like, we're getting way out of the box. <laughs> yeah. Kind of uncomfortably so, but it's also really good. Yeah. Um, I know this is the first time, I mean, gosh, I... The number of times that I have attempted to start a regular blog or posting regularly like on social media or something and like trying to like share my heart and stuff, like I get like a couple like posts in and then I'm like, okay, I'm done. Amazing I can't do posts, this. Thank I you. I have to say. Thank you. Yeah. But I get like a chicken out so fast and I'm like, oh, I can't do this. I have to hide myself. Yeah. Well, what's, I mean, at this point you've had a lot more <laughs> therapy. That's true. And also you've got me. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to do it by yourself. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit less unnerving. Definitely creates a buffer when I have you to talk to. It's like on one hand, it's really terrifying to put yourself out there in such a raw way and like share your personal feelings and personal experience and your personal stories and really have no idea how it's going to land with people, what they're going to think about it, all that. But then on the other side, like there's so much like meaning and fulfillment that comes when you put it out there. And then especially when people are like, oh, this is so great. I love it. I'm getting so much from it. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely like this feeling of like, especially if you, I think, have poor attachment because you just already feel Mm. like, is the world going to destroy me? (laughs) Mm. And poor attachment, just for those who didn't listen to the last episode, which you should if you haven't. In having to do with like how you relate to other people. So there's anxious attachment where you kind of feel like a little extra clingy, avoidant attachment where you feel a little bit more emotionally detached from people. And then there's secure attachment where you actually feel, it doesn't mean you like never feel uncomfortable, but it's like you generally have this sense of like well-being and comfort in relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like you generally think people are going to accept you Mm -hmm. and going to like you. Yeah. Uh, and so I think like it's interesting because both of us have, you know, insecure attachments mm-hmm. that we're like working through. Mm-hmm. And so this is like kind of is pretty unnerving, you know, of like, mm-hmm. hey, world, how are you doing out there? Uh, don't pop my balloon, but here it is. That's so true. I never thought about, oh my gosh. So that we're just having, like- you know, secure attachment like connections uh-huh. because everybody who keeps saying good things yeah. is like healing our, our attachment so fascinating. issue. I never even thought about like the way that I relate to 
I'll just call it like my creativity and like the way that I want to express myself in terms of like attachment theory. Mm. And I mean, you know, as we've learned this past year in our relationship, just mine and yours attachment styles and how they've kind of clashed and how we're like learning to like heal and shift and change those things. But I never thought about how, I mean, I don't know if this is like a researched thing, but I think it's such like I would I would not be surprised if it's like somehow related to the way that we also creatively express ourselves mm. because I think that you know there's an, an important relationship that we don't I feel like talk about enough in society which is the relationship to ourselves. Yeah. And I think that I wonder and that's the box. Yeah, and that's right? the box. Yeah. I wonder how you know what our attachment if you will with ourselves is like mm. and then starting to work and develop that relationship so that you can continue to get yourself out of the box and release yourself yeah to be who you are yeah i mean it's a pretty common thought that like you treat others the way that you treat yourself mm-hmm. right and there's it's kind of the reverse of that as well it's like how you are attached to yourself you are hmm. probably attached to others yeah i would think yeah so what's interesting is like coming out of the box could also be seen as like kind of drawing back the curtain and allowing your true inner self to kind of come out a little bit. Mm -hmm. And the more, you know, the more you can like work through your inner stuff, the like easier that feels Yeah. because you're like, well, I don't really care what you think Mm -hmm. ultimately out there in the world. I just know that I like myself and I like what I'm creating. Yes. And I know for me, like I've been an artist my whole life and having insecure attachment and being an artist is so painful because like all I want is for people to adore what Mm. I create. But like, especially when you're starting as an artist, I mean, you suck. (laughs) And like, you know, if you're around people that aren't super kind, they're going to like be like, it's okay, dude. That's pretty good. You Mm -hmm. know, that's an okay drawing. You know, I do a lot of drawings. And then it's like you're looking for that external validation because you don't have that ability to validate yourself. Right, right. And so then like depending on who you're getting that from and what they're saying, mm-hmm. you can either be like, oh, yay, I feel so great about myself because so-and-so said this great thing about me. Right. Or you can be like, dang, I suck. Like, Yeah. And it's why constructive feedback, like mm-hmm. especially from somebody who has like a real caring heart mm-hmm. is really important because you can have like fluffy feedback where – you know, you draw this terrible stick figure and somebody, you know, sort of that mama feedback, totally, right? Totally. Where it's like the effort counts when you're a child. Mm-hmm. And so that's a good a good response is like, I'm really glad you created this, even mm-hmm. though it's a stick figure. But like, you know, as a 15 year old, if you're drawing a stick figure, sorry, dude, like that's a stick figure. <laughs> but you could say like, oh, cool. Like I can see it's coming somewhere. Uh-huh. Like, and, and then like by seeing what they're trying to do, you can sort of help them get there by being able to like just love them in the process but i think something that's interesting is that like even if you have that like really kind feedback coming your way i really think and i've seen like if you don't relate to yourself in a positive way that can still come across as being very harsh and critical depending on like what frame of mind you're in and i guess maybe how comfortable you feel with that other person or how supported you feel yeah i mean you know, we learned all different things like the the critical sandwich or uh, feedback sandwich. Yeah. So it's like give a compliment, give the the like notes, give another compliment. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, like I think you're 100 percent right. Like depending on how you relate with yourself yeah. is going to totally, you know, color how you're receiving those compliments. Mm-hmm. 
but I think being being like a genuine like note giver, but from a position of like really wanting to help them. Yeah. Like well, it's like having the yes and mentality, which yeah. I know I've struggled with a lot and like have had to learn. Yeah, it still feels hard, but you know, you talk about that with improv and mm-hmm. like when you're doing your role playing stuff, like you have to have like an improvisation and these kinds of settings, you have to have a very yes and mentality. You can't yeah. like shut other people's stuff down. Right. And like just or like that would be equivalent to like just giving the feedback right away. Right. And like I've struggled a lot because I have such this harsh inner critic of like, you know, oh, well, here's the feedback, like forget the fluffy stuff. Right. Or even like having a hard time seeing the the yes part of what people right. are doing, including myself. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's here's the second part of coming out of the box. Okay. Most people's feedback is crap. <laughs> like it's totally useless. Yeah. You don't even need to yeah. listen to it. Like, you know, the whole world is a critic, but most of the world is untrained. You know, that that brings us down a little bit kind of, I don't know if I would quite say philosophical territory, but like, you know, really exploring the purpose and the meaning behind what we're doing. Yeah. Because sometimes there's things that we're creating that that it's for the purpose of the people. Right. And so it's like, you know, you're the doing- market. Right, for the market. Like you're doing a project for a client and it really is all about what they like and what they want, right. whether or not their feedback is good. Which you gotta do what they say. Most of our jobs are like that, oh except gosh. for our, our own projects. Yeah. But yeah. then there's like when you're creating as a creator yeah, like and you're art like art for art's sake. Yeah. But not necessarily like art house, because mm-hmm. like I'm making like sci-fi films, you know, it's not art house. But it's my taste. Mm-hmm. It's the curation of my experience. Yeah, and it, and it, exactly like your experience, your expression, and so you know. Then there's like creation and like kind of getting out of the box for just like your own self. And I feel like that has connects a lot more into like self exploration and getting in touch with yourself and ex- expressing yourself in these different mediums. And then there's like this other territory which kind of is like similar to the first one where. And this is where a lot of musicians find themselves, but it's like you're producing for the market where it's kind of this mix of like, you want to be a communicator of what's going on within you, but you also want to be relatable. Right. And I feel like that's kind of where this podcast falls. And yeah. like, there's kind of this interesting spectrum that I Gotta feel. Find that core of cre- of relatability. Yeah. And part of it is like, I'm doing this podcast because it's just fun for me. And like, I like talking with you about these things and- it's just a creative outlet. Yeah. But then on the flip side, like I actually genuinely want this podcast to be valuable to people's lives. Right. And if it stops being valuable, like it would make me reconsider doing it. Mm-hmm. And so like there has to be like something from both sides. Yeah. But then it's like sometimes if you focus too much on what other people want, that's kind of like. And you get like six Star Wars. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I was going to say like that's where you like land in like sellout material, like where people like in the musician world, you start getting accused of like, oh, you've sold out. You're just giving the people what they want. And, you know, you're not being creative yourself. And so, yeah, there's a lot of types of expression and Mm. creativity and ways to use like art and getting out of the box. Yeah. Well, and and it's not necessarily always art, you Mm -hmm. know, like like being able to face rejection. Mm-hmm. And that's really what getting out of the box is all about. Mm-hmm. Is like knowing that if I get rejected, I won't die. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that feeling comes from our attachment. Mm-hmm. Like 
when we were little kids, if we brought something to our parent, like, did we know no matter what we would be accepted? And when you don't have that, I think you just naturally end up facing it over and over, like facing that rejection. And like, depending on how you, how resilient you are, like a lot of people quit because Mm -hmm. they, they face that rejection. And every time it feels like I could die Mm -hmm. because that's what our nervous system tells us. Mm -hmm. Like literally your nervous system is like, if you do that, you will die. Mm -hmm. We're like, I'm going to do it anyway. Here it is. And then if people don't like it, then you're like, oh, it wasn't worth it. Right. Like I faced these, this gross feeling, but then it wasn't worth it because there was no reward for it. Mm -hmm. And, um, recognizing like, I feel like I've had this conversation with our therapist because <laughs> I've done a lot of projects yeah. where I haven't felt that fulfilled by the reward of it. Yeah, You know, not necessarily the response. I feel like everybody, for instance, Harker, the feature film we made together, almost everybody who's seen it has really liked it, especially anybody that we've introduced to it because most of those people have a keen eye um, and they can recognize like, oh man, you guys made this basically in your backyard, you know, <laughs> for no money this is good work versus like the masses who look at it and they're like, nah, it's no Iron Man, you know, like, well, I had less money to make this movie than they paid Robert Downey Jr.'s PA, PA <laughs> to get him coffee, <laughs> like, you know, like, and it's just like being able to see those different things. But, you know, that feeling of like, I had to face this, you know, difficult feeling to come through to be out of the box but then is it worth it? And I think like our work in therapy is making that feeling so much easier to get through. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, I'm caring less and less. I like more internally know, like my thoughts are valid. My feelings are valid. My worldview is valid. Therefore I can express myself. And if the world doesn't like it, it doesn't bother me as much. Mm-hmm. And so it makes like getting to the reward easier but also like the reward itself isn't as necessary Mm. you know so you're feeling like the reward for you like before the reward was people's approval and like you know people loving it and making money from it and all that but now for you the reward is different yeah what's that reward for you (sighs) there's like an implicit reward for accomplishing something Mm. Even looking back at Harker, like I didn't feel as much praise as I was hoping and I didn't like open the doors I was hoping, but like I still can dwell on the accomplishment of it, you know, like how much effort was put into it. And I think that's really what Harker was like. We set out to make a feature film, you know, and at the end of it, in pretty reasonable amount of time, we made a feature film, Mm -hmm. you know, and and that feature film has gotten me a ton of work, a special visual effects work. Like, what would you say is now that you've kind of been working through this process, like the internal reward Mm. that you feel from having done that project. There's, there's a place you get to as an artist where you're like, the work is the work, you know, at some point you get to the place where you can execute like a finished work every time. And you just know, like if I sit down to draw something by the end of it, I'm going to have a finished piece of work that is at a certain level. Certainly with Harker, the execution was not what I wanted internally. So there's like that part of it where like I look back at it and I'm like, you know, it's excellent because we did what we could with what we had. But we did so well. Yeah. With the little we had. (laughs) Yeah. But it still wasn't like 
my taste, like the internal mm -hmm. height of my taste. I, I saw like a pie chart or graph at one point, uh, but it, it's the idea of like your skill versus your taste and that gap is the work, mm -hmm. you know? And so like I see it as like a, a line in the sand of like, this is how much effort I can put into something. This is the level I could get it to then with no money essentially and like just time. And like, I feel really satisfied mm -hmm. with what we were able to do with what we had. Yeah. But then when I look at it also, I think like, but this is what I want, mm -hmm. you know, like my taste, it's still judged by my taste. Yeah. I just also have sort of the compassion for myself of like, here's, here's a pencil and a big log. I want you to sculpt something out of this. Like what? This, these don't even go together. Like, mm -hmm. but somehow you make something and you're like, Hey, it's pretty good. Right? So it's like being impressed with yourself mm. by what you could create. Mm. And all, it's like, it almost like proves the inner creator in you that like, not only can it create something, but that it's resourceful, that it's um, good at problem solving. And like, it just proves kind of that inner resiliency. Yeah, totally. And I think like on top of that, you like prove yourself to yourself and it helps mm. to strengthen your internal world. Yeah. Like I remember you talking about coming away from it just like, oh yeah, I can plan anything. <laughs> yeah, totally. You gain something from it. You know, we've gained skills, we gained friendships, we gained knowledge. Mm -hmm. That's also sort of coming out of the box is like, like even though you might not get people cheering you, you probably learn something. And the more you can like hold on to those nuggets that you learned, the more you can brave facing that feeling again. Yeah, because I think then you're not reaching for that like external like benchmark thing, but you're like, what did I learn and develop in the process? Like who did I become? Like you said, what relationships did I make? What skills did I develop? Right. And I think, you know, kind of bringing that back to this podcast, I think this past week watching the numbers, I've been so blown away. I'm like, oh my gosh, but I can also feel myself getting attached to the numbers and like, mm. oh, I want to check our numbers today. What do they look like? You know, I have to start to come back to this centered place of like reminding myself like this podcast is a journey that I've chosen and the destination is the journey. Mm. And it's like who I'm going to become in the process of this and the skills I'm going to develop through this process of developing the podcast. I mean, yeah. already like more confidence, public speaking. I think for me, the big thing is feeling more like comfortable sharing my thoughts mm -hmm. and my voice in knowing that I could be judged, but like being okay with that. So it's kind of like testing that like inner resolve and that inner character, mm -hmm. not in like a harsh way, like, oh, I've got walls and I'm like immune to any negativity that people say, but more like, do I have enough support and compassion for myself that even when people like say things that are maybe not very nice about it someday in the future, hopefully not, but probably, <laughs> you know, like, and if people develop negative opinions, like, do I still love myself more than their opinions mm. of me? Yeah. Well, and I think those opinions, and this is an interesting sort of side tangent, is those opinions only hurt when you think that too. Yeah. Well, and I think that comes back to the purpose of yeah. like what it is that we're creating. It's like, you know, with Harker, the purpose of it was to finish a film. Right. And 
to be finishers. Mm -hmm. Like we developed the capacity to be a finisher in that arena. And so it's like, we can take this massive project that we had no idea how to do at first and get it start to finish and have a great product at the end, given what, you know, we had to start with. Yeah. And so it's like the purpose of that, at least for me and always was, was like to finish a film and to get this project done and to develop into a greater person from that process. Yeah. And so for me, like I know you had your own process and journey to go on, which is really different from mine afterwards because right. you had, you know, your <laughs> career. Hinges on, yeah, on kind these of, kind of works. Right. Whereas for me, like I wasn't pursuing this as a career. So I think I was able to kind of let go yeah. of like kind of the, the numbers results, if you will. Right. But it's like for me, like I didn't care who saw the movie after to some degree. I mean, I did. I had some hope. But I was also like so satisfied with everything that we had been through and went through in the premiere. And it was kind of like after the premiere, I just was like cloud nine kind of like peak of accomplishment felt so good. Yeah. I think at this point, it's like taking the results of the effort and reworking the way I'm interpreting it. Mm. I mean, getting out of the box is transformative. Yeah. And difficult and can be fun. Yeah, it can feel really, well, I guess here's two things. I was going to say, number one, it can feel easier, like legitimately easier for some people to quote unquote get outside of the box than other people. But also like threshold and tolerance is different. And so it's like, you know, running a mile for one person is going to be really easy and running a mile for another person is going to be really difficult. for me. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, I think that's where looking to everybody else to measure where you're at, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And it's like, the more you do that, the more miserable you're going to be. And the more you're going to like, dislike what you're doing. Yeah. But the more you can turn inward and really like, look at where you're starting and like, love the journey you're on. I mean, honestly, just the more happy and content you'll be. But also, you're not always going to be happy because all feelings happen and all feelings are welcome. You know, that's what I was saying is that like every person's box is different. Mm -hmm. Like what is the box for them is different. How it feels to face that box is different. Mm. You know, so I could just be like, oh, you just got to step into it and push through it and do it. I hate that mentality. Right. Like literally that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Like for the majority of people that will work for some people. Mm-hmm. For me, it worked in, in a lot of different ways, but some ways it doesn't, doesn't work, doesn't work <laughs> like talking. Um, <laughs> and I think it's a lot more about finding those little wins mm-hmm. that start to build your confidence that help you face that wall. Mm-hmm. And then you can. Well, and figuring out what those emotions are that are, blocking you from feeling like you can even step forward like what yeah. do you feel like is keeping you stuck i think a great place to go from here would be to talk about more in depth like what are some of those things that get in the way of us stepping forward and i know that there's quite a multitude and then what are some practical things that we can do to i don't even want to say the word overcome but like continue to move through those things so they're not blocking and in the way anymore and keeping us from doing what we want to do i think a lot of them a lot of it has to do with fear so when we're feeling fear Mm -hmm. like let's talk about fear like as an emotion yeah 
I mean, even when you just get down to like emotions, period, like they are sensations in the body. Right. And they Energy sig- and motion. Yeah. They are sensations in our body and they signal different kinds of activations in our brain. But when we're experiencing fear, then we'll go into this like hyper arousal state, this place where you want to go into like fight or flight. Yeah. And then or ex- freeze. Well, yeah. And then extreme fear, once you've exhausted, like if you, if you can't fight or flight, then that's when we drop down into freeze. So I think with fear, it's really difficult. Like you can't make good, clear decisions when you're in a place of fear. But I think we need to learn how to work with our fear. Mm. And I think part of that is is understanding what's going on inside of your mind and inside of your body when you experience fear. Yeah. And recognizing just like every other emotion, like fear does pass. Yeah. You know, some people out there like have this idea of like, you just got to like do it anyway, even though you feel the fear and just like press through the fear. That's kind of like one piece of the puzzle. But like a lot of us have a lot bigger things behind why we're not moving forward than just, oh, I'm afraid and I need to push through the fear. Right. Well, or the fears are connected to like deeper roots and deeper things. Mm-hmm. But also like the fear in psychology, they they have this kind of model, the lizard brain, right? And that's like all around instincts and fears like this instinct of like protect, mm-hmm. like protect you, protect you, stay safe, danger. A lot of times we like get that activated, but we don't know how to like deactivate it. Mm, mm-hmm. And a lot, I mean, both of us are learning that a lot, you know, recently in particular, you know, with breathing exercises, meditations, going for a walk, getting outside, drinking water, you know, all the things we're teaching our toddler, we're like, oh, I guess I should do this too. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and so I think it's like working with the sensations in your body. Yeah. And it's like coming back to your body and, take a deep breath when you feel the fear. And I think asking like, what is this fear telling me? What is this fear trying to protect inside of me? Right, right. I think going deeper and like journaling about these things or talking about it or even just like thinking about it or meditating on it. Like, what is this fear trying to protect in me? What is that scared thing inside of me? Yeah. And so like, I think getting deeper and like more in touch with those roots that are going on starts to dissipate the fear yeah. because the fear is just trying to protect something underneath. And I think once you start to see and I- identify what's underneath, then it feels easier to step forward. Well, and then the fear becomes like less needed. Mm-hmm. You know, the fear is really just a protector trying to protect you. Yeah. And as you recognize, like, for instance, if I wanted to ask you out and I felt fear, mm-hmm. you know, for me, that would probably be a fear of rejection. Mm-hmm. And that rejection is... Like, oh, I'm not going to be accepted. Mm -hmm. And so, like, my lizard brain is trying to protect me from having to come into a place where I'm not accepted. Yeah, and, like, even just, yeah, the anticipation of, oh, I'm not going to be accepted. Right. Um, Can be very debilitating. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, both having the fear Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then also going through the fear or the results of the fear could all hurt a lot. But a lot of times the fear almost hurts worse than Mm -hmm. the thing itself. Like Mm -hmm. once you've been rejected a few times, you just kind of like, I don't want to say get numb to it, but it you kind of do. Like it it doesn't really- You expect it. Yeah, it doesn't bother you as much. And so you're like, okay, well, I know like I'm doing my best. And so whether they accept or reject me, that's their choice. Mm -hmm. 
Do you think it's that you're getting used to it or do you think that that comes from a place of just having strong self-esteem and a strong sense of well, I think it's self-worth? I think it's both. Yeah. Like the more that you work on your self-worth, mm-hmm. um, you know, that Brian Tracy video we watched, he's like, everything comes from self-esteem, mm-hmm. um, which as we like start kind of un- like working through all the things we're kind of learning, a lot of that has to do with you know, attachment. So like what he's saying is everything comes from self-esteem really comes down to everything comes down to attachment Mm -hmm. and having like either a healthy, good attachment or, you know, insecure attachment. People that have like a stronger secure attachment have a lot less of these hangups and find it easier to face these kind of fears. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's easier for them to step out of the box, uh, you know, or face their fears or you know, just go after what they go want. after what they want mm-hmm. um and they believe that they'll get it yeah you know because at a very fundamental level as a child their parents created this system in their brain that says the world is good and will give you what you need mm-hmm. and people with insecure attachments the opposite has happened in their brain at a fundamental level their parents have you know either i would say mostly not purposefully but often what it creates is this system in their brain that says the world is not safe and won't give me what I need. Mm-hmm. I mean, that right there, like, it's huge. Yeah. So I think like when you're looking at people who are really, you know, achieving the things that you want to achieve and and doing great things or seem to have no problem, like there are yeah. people that I envy. Like Gary Vee. Yeah. I mean, people that I envy that I, I look at and they just like, they go for it and they, they don't seem to worry much about if they're going to fail, if like what people think, like all of these things. And I mean, that's certainly not the case for me. Like I have all of these mental trips and gymnastics going on when I'm wanting to put something into the world and wanting to step out in a bigger way. And I mean, not to say that everybody doesn't face that, but I think some people face that on a a deeper level and like in a more intense way because their nervous systems and their their past experiences are really hindering. Yeah, like that. fighting against you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fighting against you. It's kind of that <laughs> idea of like self-sabotage that you hear. Yeah. But the self-sabotage has has a remedy and the remedy is working on your nervous system and working on recalibrating the way that your, yeah. wi- your brain is wired and the way that you kind of feel at home within yourself and, and trust your own instincts and trust yourself yeah well so another thing that gets between you and us and like coming out or uh you know trying to achieve what we want or get out of the box is insecurity right Right. yeah which is i mean very similar to fear but it's kind of like a different flavor of it and i think insecurity from what i've learned and experienced is a lot more of this, like, I don't trust myself to make a good choice. And so I need Mm. to look out to other people for validation. And the world is going to tell you a hundred different things. Everybody has their own viewpoint and opinion on what the right thing is for you. Yeah. You know, if they choose to give it and tell you. And so then you have a hundred different opinions to figure out and sift through. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it's still you that has to make the decision. And live with the consequences. And live with the consequences and decide what to do. So I think that insecurity is like a fear. It could almost be tied into like anxiety or 
But I think with insecurity, you know, when you're feeling insecure about yourself and like your own ability, like whether you're insecure about your choices or whether you're insecure about your skill or your ability, I think that the kind of the remedy, if you will, for the insecurity is starting to work on and develop your self-esteem, like we talked about just a minute ago, but then also your your self-trust and just mm. your ability to trust yourself and trust your own choices. And that, I mean, that's not just like an overnight thing or even like a one-week process of like, okay, I'm going to trust myself now. Like this is a really, really deep journey and probably one of the most important journeys that we can all go on. Yeah. Because once you develop that strong relationship with yourself and trusting in your ability to make good choices and choices that you feel happy and confident with mm-hmm. and that you're willing to live with their consequences, yeah, like life gets a lot easier. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. I think self-trust is, you know, which kind of translates, I think, into self-esteem. Mm-hmm. You know, you trust yourself, therefore you think you're cool. Mm. So I personally feel like I trust myself pretty well. And I also feel like it's not that challenging for me to come out of my box in certain ways, Mm. you know, versus like other things like ask getting asked lots of deep questions feels more difficult and challenging for me Mm -hmm. versus like sort of putting my artistic self out in the world, which it's still challenging, but I feel like I can do that. Mm -hmm. Another one that I thought of that gets in the way of like getting outside like getting outside of your comfort zone, getting out of the box is judgment. Yeah. And I think, I mean. Analysis paralysis. (laughs) Analysis paralysis. I think that the harder you are on yourself and the more that you have all of this self-judgment and which really ties a lot into perfection and perfectionism, then the harder it's going to be for you to step outside of the box and like pursue those things that you want that, like whether they're conventional or not, like yeah, if you're just judging yourself every step of the way, you're going to stop really quickly. Right. Because you also feel like the world judges you like you judge yourself. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, I don't want to be judged by the world. I already judge myself. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't even realize how harsh their inner critic really is. Yeah. You know, I, I know we've both been kind of learning that process as well. Yeah. I mean, I think you just can start becoming aware of like how critical you are of other people. And I guarantee you, you are at least that critical of yourself, if not more, because we don't often say like, (laughs) we don't often say most of the, like of the thoughts that, you know, it's like, we'll, we'll say mean, meaner Mm. things to ourselves Mm, than we would to other people. Well, because yeah, we at least have like some kind of a filter. It's like if you're filtering your thoughts, Uh but you don't filter your thoughts from yourself. So you're not like, Oh, I don't want to say that to myself. (laughs) You're just like, bam, take it. Oh, it hurts. Yeah. Wow. Well, that was a lot. That was a lot. Yeah. So I think to wrap that up, I mean, fear, and there's a lot of branches of fear, like fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of blah, blah, blah. So there's fear, there's like this self-judgment, and then insecurity, and then insecurity, which kind of connects into like this lack of self-trust. Yeah, and also anxiety. Mm Mm-hmm. So all of those things can really prevent us or at least slow us down and kind of have us running in circles when we're wanting to pursue something that's important to us. Yeah. We're going to do a fun little game segment. I guess we'll call it getting out of the box. I don't don't know if we'll do this ever again. So if you like it, let us know (laughs) (laughs) because this may be a one-time special. 
Yeah. So I have not done a whole lot of improv stuff in my life and it definitely makes me feel nervous. But Paul has challenged me to do this on air. It's the the out of the box challenge. The out of the box challenge. But one of the things that I'm going to do as I walk through this, whatever it's going to be, is just focus on my internal world and just like just supporting myself in that like this is good i'm gonna learn in this process and not worry so much about what i sound like so what i like already feel myself getting embarrassed it's perfect it's so interesting yeah go ahead so you are a big dinosaur and i wish y'all could see my face right now are defending your egg from hungry little humans and what do you want me to do voice act out a scene act out a scene Uh uh-huh I mean... So first come up with the voice of your character. So, <laughs> so it's a big dinosaur. So you probably want to have a big voice. Mm, oh, I was going to go the opposite and have like a... A big dinosaur with a tiny voice? How about you let me decide since this is my dinosaur? Okay, I guess so. Choose just the octave of a voice. Okay, that's a better step. than even smaller step. So I'll go hi. Okay, now... Does the voice have a lisp or an accent? Hello. <laughs> okay. Okay. Is it a happy dinosaur or a mad dinosaur? A polite dinosaur. Okay. And uh, what are you going to do about them trying to take your eggs? You silly humans, please get away. I want you to stay away from my eggs. No, go away or I might stomp on you. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> um there's another dinosaur. They are a flying dinosaur, and they need a different voice. What's the octave? Oh, gosh. I don't even know if my brain can handle this. See, I'm making up excuses. Hello. Okay. And uh, do they have any, like, noticeable verbal tics? No. Okay. So now your polite dinosaur needs to talk with your flying dinosaur. They're talking about their favorite book that they just read. What's the name of the book? <laughs> well, did you just hear about the wisdom of anxiety? <laughs> it's my favorite book. Oh, no, I can really use that. I'm scared of heights. <laughs> See, this is great. You're doing awesome. You just have to give me a good topic. <laughs> <laughs> you, you bring up books and I, um, I could talk for hours. Perfect. Well, there you guys go. There's a, a little outside of the box experiment for you. That definitely got my like nervous system spiked. That's so interesting. Nice. So that was a pretty fun little demonstration, you know, fun definitely. for you. <laughs> that was uncomfortable. I like want to edit that part out, but I know I can't because that's not the point of this. <laughs> but how do you feel about it though? Like you, you did such a great job and overcame. You know, it's interesting because it actually does kind of feel like, okay, like now I've got that under my belt. Maybe I could do that again. So I guess I do feel a little bit better. And if I don't think about like, oh, what are people going to think then and if I just focus on my own accomplishment of stretching just a little bit, yeah, feels all right. Yeah. It's just like exercise, right? You're working your mm-hmm. your muscle, face <clears throat> your fear muscle. So we talked about a few things already about kind of how to deal with these different things that come up, but do you have any additional thoughts to that? Yeah. So I thought we could leave with... Uh, sort of an exercise. Mm, um, okay. So, especially when you're dealing with fear, you know, we've both been working on this a lot recently. Meditation and and breathing helps. And so, I would like for you, 
in the audience, if you're trying to achieve something, trying to do something, even if you're not, like just think of some things that you're afraid of and just start trying to breathe through them. Just a deep breath in through your nose, out through your mouth and practice your breathing and really just being present with yourself and feel where that fear is on your body and just mm. be mindful of it. Um, mindfulness is one of the, the strongest tools we have in uh, self-regulating our emotions. Um, the other thing to think about, and uh, I learned about this in the Gottman book, uh, they, they label this sort of process called flooding. So mm, like when mm-hmm. your fear hits you, oh, your body is, is really mm-hmm. like flooded with chemicals, right? All of these, these things are just jumping and it's like giving you, uh, you know, cortisol and adrenaline so that you can run and fight and hide and everything you need to survive, right? Because the lizard brain. And so that only lasts about 20 minutes. So if you feel like that anxiety, that fear, that thing that's trying to stop you from doing something, just go for a walk. As long as you don't keep feeding it. Right. Don't keep feeding it. You have to, you have to remove yourself from that situation, breathe, you know, be mindful and just take a a break, take a break from those thoughts, take Mm -hmm. a break from that situation. And then once you have come to a place of, of regulation where you no longer feel that like fear overtaking your body and you start to feel clear, then you can step back into whatever it is you're trying to do, Mm -hmm. you know, and and this works, you know, obviously in marital relationships, which is where we learned it in a marriage book. Like if we're starting to have a fight, we're starting to get heated. We can go, okay, we need a flood break. We never get heated. (laughs) Whatever. Never. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all should have seen like last Thursday. (laughs) Nah, but for real. Um, yeah, so that's my, that's my practical homework. Uh, just, just try and be a little mindful and breathe and breathe. Yeah. I think that's our episode. Yep. That's our episode. Uh, anything else we need to say? Follow us on Instagram. Yeah. So make sure you follow us on Instagram, uncooked convos. Um, check out other episodes. Um, I actually think the last episode, episode four was like, awesome that's probably one of my favorite episodes we've done so far so definitely check that out if you have some time send us a dm we want to hear from you and make sure you leave a review down below because remember it makes us feel good about ourselves and it helps (laughs) us know that we're we're doing something valuable to you um and last but not least check out our patreon um patreon.com slash uncooked conversations uh we have two membership tiers one where you basically get to say hey i love what you're doing keep doing it and another one where you get some bonus material as well every month so other than that for the same amount as a coffee for the same amount as a coffee or maybe two coffees until next time We're We're on on the the journey journey with with you. With ya? With ya? With you. With you. What if we do British accent? One, two, three. Until next time. Until next time. We're We're on on the the journey journey with with you. you.